0: Hello, and what is up, everyone? Welcome to the MJ Sportscast Show, Episode 3. My name is Mike Tang, joined by my co-host, Jerry Yang.
1: Hello, what up, everyone?
0: Ready to talk sports, ready to
1: talk football, baseball. Not really basketball, because there's really not much going on in basketball, but ready to talk.
0: Yeah, so the 49ers, they uh, they had an, a pretty impressive uh, outing this past Sunday, huh, Jerry?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like what team do we see again? <laughs> right. Feels like this team every week it has a new identity. Last week was you know, a complete mess. And then this week they look super sharp. They look like a team that's ready to contend. Um look like a team that isn't injured, which they are, but they're not. <laughs> they look really good against the Rams. So really impressive outing. Um Jimmy Garoppolo had a one twenty uh, 4.3 uh, QBR rating versus a 72 QBR rating from Jared Goff. And um, I was really surprised by uh, Goff not being able to get the ball to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup only had three for nine catches for 11 yards. That's probably his season low um, for the year. And I was really impressed with the offensive line being able to stop Aaron Donald. So it was definitely an impressive outing. And George Kittle performed, as always, 7 for 10 catches, 109 yards and one touchdown. Um, and those are the, you know, the actual stat numbers. But seeing him play out there, he looks 100%. He's able to block. And that touchdown that he made was just incredible. Right? He had all the speed and all the all the abilities there. And w- really what makes George Kittle, George Kittle, was, was definitely on display this week
0: so would you say that you know we've been a bit underachieving the past couple of weeks here or or was this performance maybe just a uh, a one a one off because you know we kind of had like a bad showing versus miami um a couple of weeks back here and and then we kind of uh you know stuck with the running with the running game um for the most part i think we had uh how many rushes was it i think over 30 rushes um this game here and and uh, you know jimmy g looked pretty good with three touchdowns in the first half um would you say that we can you know possibly build this momentum into the next few weeks here or or do you think we'll hit like or or we'll, we'll, we'll kind of hit like a like a blocking point
1: yeah so we we did have 31 rushes um in this game from our running backs so it was impressive outing uh, i um, I think having Moster back was actually the key to this
0: and getting yeah, our game,
1: running game running. Um, so McKenna, I think it was uh, ineffective in the Eagles game when it was just him. In the last game, obviously, it was also pretty ineffective. And so I'm a little bit worried in this upcoming matchup without having Mostert there. He's not going back till, I believe, week eight. Um, so that's going to be, you know, two or three weeks at that point. Uh, Hasty did look good for this, um, th- the couple snaps that he was out there, um, but he only had um, 37 yards on nine rushes, right? So it, it wasn't um, wasn't as impressive as what Moster was able to put out. So we'll have to see. Um, I know who are, they're going to get Jeff Wilson back. Um, to answer your question, I think they have been underperforming. I think with their expectations are still pretty high for the Niners. It's a pretty well coached team. So seeing them against the Eagles was uh, actually a pretty good game because they were pretty close. They up and near end is where um, they gave up the lead and eventually gave up the game. And then obviously the game last week was a complete embarrassment. And I think it's mainly because Jimmy Garoppolo was not 100%. It was probably closer to 25% at that point. Whereas the last game, I think it's closer to 50 to 75%. Um, he definitely was still... Um, limping and trying to protect that ankle. and But he he looked a lot better out there. He made better throws and better decision-making. And having Moser out there to carry a lot of the load on, on on the rushing front definitely helped him a lot. And I think our offensive line definitely stepped up. I think Trev Williams had one of his best games of the season. Uh, he had a lot of key blocks and... He just looked good out there. I know there was a concussion scare out there, which was really worrisome, but he came back at the end of the game. So I think he'll still be ready to go in the next game. And he's definitely improving his game. And I know he took a whole season off last season. So coming back this year, um, there's definitely an expectation for a late start. He came out pretty good on the Cardinals game. And after that, he fell pretty flat. And now I think he's finally hitting his stride and hitting 100%. So I do expect the offensive line to get better. Um, but there's definitely going to be a drop-off on the Russian game for the next um, part of the game against the Patriots, but it'll be Mm -hmm. interesting to see how they deal with that and how Hasey does. Those are some of the open questions, I think, for the next game.
0: Yeah, um, I think it was pretty important that they contained Aaron Donald to start. He only had one hit allowed on the quarterback and zero sacks. So the offensive line, and specifically Brunskill, um, did their job there. And I believe the coaching staff, um, they also were helped by, uh, the cornerbacks by Mosley and, uh, and Jason Barrett, uh, especially Jason Barrett. He, it was kind of like a showing out party, um, for this season there. He had like a nice little interception, um, when, when the Rams were trying to drive for that fourth down there. Um, and I think like, uh, Shanahan, he really wanted to stick to the run running game. Um, I think his philosophy was, okay, we're going to try to get over thirty rushes a game, and if we get thirty rushes a game, we're most likely going to win most games there. And when you rush the ball, you 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 maintain tempo, you um, you you avoid your quarterback getting hit, and you also take time off um, off the clock and avoid having the opposition team's offense on the field driving so i think uh those two or three factors really help win the game for us
1: yeah and i completely agree the run also sets up the uh, pass for you right if the, t- if the defense has to accommodate the run there's definitely gonna allow some guys to get open in the open field so um some of the open questions i have going into um, this upcoming game with the patriots is mm-hmm. at the center possession position. position. Um, so okay. Granis Grasu is his name. Is going to be starting at center. Um, okay. It's going to be a first time start for the Niners and Garland obviously got hurt in the last game. So that was a very big loss for us so from a, a center position that's been weak pretty much all season due to injury. So um, we'll see how he does. I, I'm kind of curious to learn about that. And obviously the running back situation with Haysley, um If Jeff Wilson's good to go, I'm wondering how they're going to balance the three running backs between McKinnon, um, Wilson, and and, um, and Hasty. So um, I'm hoping they give Hasty a bit more snaps just to, just to see how you how you would do, and that way the week after when Tevin Coleman comes back they can make a decision of how they fit in hasty versus um jeff wilson at that point so it'll be it'll be interesting next couple weeks um i think the next two or three games will really define who the niners truly are right now we're still on this ebb and flow of a good game versus a bad game and mainly around injuries and getting used to the season and having the veteran guys, not having an OTA, not having a preseason get warmed up and be able to hit their stride after this. So, and I think that goes for all the teams in the NFL at this point. And we see a bunch of other teams are struggling um, due to injury and doing the, due to getting um, into the actual uh, football playing mode and Niners are no different at that point.
0: Yeah. And I think, just to kind of explain how the NFL works and and how fans really react to it. It feels like every week and every game is like look for death basically. If we if we lose a game or two in a row, um, it feels like the season's over at, at and then on the opposite side of the spectrum there if we start winning some games there, we feel like, you know, we're invincible and that, you know, we are we're a better team than um than what analysts would uh you know say they are so you know i'm really curious to see uh what kind of team um will perform within the next two to three weeks um here and uh just to kind of conclude about the the rams game you know what i really see there is that it really comes down to getting your best players the ball during crucial moments um there was a uh, fourth and one play in the first half there where I think the Rams they kind of stacked the box and they went like a full out blitz against our offense and um we actually got the ball to uh to Kittle and he was able to score to score that crucial touchdown in the first half I thought that was a very important play there and um, there was also a third down play in the fourth quarter where I think it was like third and five or third and six or somewhere along those lines there within two minutes or so and and uh, we were able to um, achieve a sweep toss uh, to Debo St- to tebo Samuel to seal the game so I think like yeah running the ball is great yeah maintaining the clock is great but at the end of the day you just you you got to have good players and you get you got to get them the ball
1: Yep, and execution, I think, is key there. I think the coaches have been doing a good job of drawing out the plays, but execution uh-huh. has been a consistent theme where it's been up and down. So I think the last game, the I think the coaches drew up some pretty good plays for the players, but the players just couldn't execute. Whereas, um, or the game before, sorry, and then the last game, they uh, drew up a lot of good plays, and the team was able to execute, and we saw the results of that. And especially late in the game, I feel like the Niners always get to a pretty decent start, and then it just fizzles out near the end of the game. So ho- hopefully the second half of um, this upcoming game, they'll start looking more consistently across the full game, uh, the full gambit.
0: Absolutely, absolutely there. So looking into uh, this Sunday the New England play- the New England Patriots will be hosting the Niners here how how, how do you uh, how do you like their chances
1: Yeah so uh, Patriots had two losses in a row now and the Patriots hasn't lost three games in a row since 2002 where they lost four in a row at that point so oh, they're wow. going to definitely come with a good big game plan right and Cam Newton did look look, look a little bit shaky in the last game Um, but he started looking good in the fourth quarter. They almost had a comeback, almost came back to win the game. So I expect Cam Newton to be more warmed up. He's definitely healthy, right? There's no injury risk. He was out because of COVID, so there was probably just some rust coming back, but now he's going to dust off the rust, and I think the biggest challenge for the Niners is going to be another thing where it's a running quarterback, and notoriously running quarterbacks haven't done well with the Niners, and it's mainly due to a lot of overcommitment on some of the players to try to sack the quarterback. That opens up some of these running lanes, and they overcommit. And if the Niners can stay disciplined, and especially I think Eric Armstead was called out in a few articles where he he was very impatient. He saw the quarterback um, stand up and thought it was just going to be a regular uh, passing play, so he went all out and tried to sack the quarterback and got got overcommitted and the create their running lane for that rush quarterback to get first downs or potentially touchdowns. Um, so I think I'll, I'll be looking there for the defense to really step up. And on the offensive side, the Patriots offense is pretty good, um, but they're definitely not going to be one where um, they're definitely worse, I think, than the, the Rams defense. So we we definitely will have some, some breathing room in terms of the rush, but their secondary does look pretty good. So we'll We'll have to see. I think there's going to be uh, a pretty good matchup. And uh, we definitely have a chance to win. <laughs> I do like our chances here, um,
0: but right. just a little bit worried about that running game. So how about you, Mike? What do you think? So are you more concerned about the Patriots running game against our defensive no um, no i'm, I'm wor- or... sorry i'm worried about our running game being able to run on the
1: patriots mainly because of the okay. some of the defensive ends that um, the patriots have and they've been pretty good at containing the run overall so um okay. there's definitely gonna be some challenges there but um this will this will be an interesting test of all our our, our whole team right like i said before i think the running game will definitely be tested and in the last game, uh, Philip Lindsay actually did pretty good in 23 rushes, getting 101 yards, but he was stuffed from touchdowns. So, um, so definitely they can play some contain there, and also the Patriots' defense is notorious for taking out your best player. So, it'll be interesting to mm-hmm. see how George Kittle does, um, and the team might have to go with a game plan where. Uh, George Kittle gets double cover, and they have to make other people on the team, like Debo Samuel's, or even Ayuk, uh, have to step up and become that number one receiver. If if Kittle can't get open, and if they definitely stuff in there, so it'll be interesting to see how Kyle draw, draws it up. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. This will be one of the tougher teams that we play on the schedule. Um, so we'll. We'll define ourselves for the rest of the season based on some of the outcomes of this game.
0: Yeah, and the Patriots, I believe they're going to have um, obvious tape of the last Sunday's game versus the Rams there, so they're going to be very prepared for the run. So I'm going to look for the Niners to adjust accordingly, and and like you said, they're probably the Patriots are probably going to try to take away Kittle and Debo Samuel there. So who are our options? Our options will be most likely uh, a Yoke. Most likely Trent Taylor, um, We're probably going to see some McKinnon um, out there in the passing game. So I think we have a lot of options there. I think losing most art um, really hurt for this game. But, um, you know, fortunately, we do have some depth in the position in our in our running game. So um, I really kind of look forward to, uh, you know, how we're going to uh, deal with this cross country trip. Yep, did and it? then I
1: think Kendra Bourne will also be important. He's he's yeah. been known to step up in a lot of these situations where a lot of receivers are either hurt or taken out by double teams. So um, they did say he, in practice that he has one of the better hands in the team, but during game time we haven't seen that. So hopefully that comes true. And now that he has another year under his belt, um, he'll he'll definitely be a formidable uh, person to go to for Jimmy. And yeah, I definitely want to see that. And I think on. The Patriots' side, the good news for us is I think their running game uh, is much to be desired. Um, their best rusher is Cap Newton at that point, and then behind them is a, right. a distance uh, second with Damian Harris, Rex Burton, and James White. Um, Sony Michelle is hurt for the season, so he's not going to be out there. And on the receiving end, um, Julia Edelman did not look good in the last uh, three games now. I think he's probably dealing with an injury that isn't, hasn't been disclosed and uh, Nikhil Harry is still trying to get his footing. Um, the last few games, he's been the as well. And so it's been all these other uh, receivers that we haven't heard of, like Bo- Bird and Izzo, that has been stepping up for the Patriots. But you know, the talent level is definitely not there. So from a, a secondary perspective, I think we do have... For once, which is unusual <laughs> um, given our right. injuries, um, so I'll expect Mosley and um, Barrett to to step up and be able to cover those guys a lot better than they have with um, the talent, the right receiving talent core they've seen so far. So um, definitely will be a lot easier than last week with Cooper Cup and um, and Robert Woods and, and the Rams team over there. So um, it, it'll, it'll be a good matchup. I think we'll we'll definitely. Um, have some defensive stops there. I think the unknown really is Cam Newton, right? The X factor is definitely going to be there. So let's see how they do against him. But other than that, I think we, we have an edge up on, on that side of the ball, so.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that game moving forward here. Uh, let's talk about um, some of the NFL teams that lost this past week. And uh, let's, let's kind of play like a panic level um, game. <laughs> Um, so we'll go over maybe maybe three or four um, losses from these prominent teams here. Um, from a scale 1 to 10, 1 being not very panicked and 10 being frantically panicked, life is over um, here. Let's go over the first game. Uh, the Green Bay Packers lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a blowout at Tampa Bay. How panicked do you think Green Bay should be after this loss? Uh, they were undefeated going into this game here, and now they're 4-1.
1: No, I don't think we sh- they should be panicked. Like you said, they're undefeated. That's one game. They win against
0: Tampa Bay
1: in Tampa. And it's a pretty tough matchup for them. And Aaron Rodgers actually looked pretty good in the first quarter. And then just gave up a uh-huh. lot in the second quarter. And after that, it just fizzled out for the team. So from a panic level, I don't think they should be panicked. I think... Um, a one to ten scale, I would say probably around two or three at this point. Um, their okay. their upcoming schedule looks pretty good for them. They're gonna have the Texans. They're gonna have the Vikings. Then they'll face the Niners, <laughs> and um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I think um, hopefully for them, um, they get Devontae Adams back and um, and start seeing uh, more strides from Aaron Rodgers. Um, Mike, what do you think on your side?
0: Yeah, I would say about maybe a two, one or two here. Um, You know, I think a lot of great teams, they, they have like these games where they just get blown out here. I remember old 49ers teams in the early 90s. Specifically, I think it was like 94 or so where the Eagles came into Candlestick and just blew us out by like 40. And there was like a huge argument with George Seifert and Steve Young on the sidelines there, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, You know, I think these games happen and I think it's good to kind of get those games out of the way there as opposed to it happening later in the season.
1: And I agree. Yeah, The Packers had the undefeated streak. It does come with some pressure and pressure to win every single game. And definitely the Tampa Bay Bucks are a good team, despite the loss against the Bears. Um, they're they're a formidable team. They beat a lot of good teams in the past, um, like Chargers, for example. They did lose to the Saints. Um, but overall, I think they're a very well-rounded team. And Devontae Adams did come back in the last game. Um, however, I don't think he was 100% at that point. He did go for 6 or 61, which is impressive, but um, that's after 10 targets. So it's uh, he's definitely hitting his stride, but I think he's still – Still dealing with a little bit of that injury bug there. And Aaron Jones had probably one of his worst games for the whole season. But overall, he's been performing like a beast. <laughs> I know a lot of fantasy owners that uh, that own him have been really happy with him. I think oops, oops, uh been pretty happy with him, right? He's been averaging a touchdown um, almost every game. Um, so, so, yeah, I think it's been – I think from a Green Bay Packers standpoint, I'll be pretty happy with this season. I think the coaching staff is definitely an improvement from Mike McCarthy. Mm -hmm. And I know the Cowboys are definitely feeling, feeling the Mike McCarthy um, drop, right? (laughs) Um, In some ways I feel like Mike McCarthy is a pretty overrated uh, coach, uh, mainly because of his inability to make adjustments on the fly. And um, the Packers definitely have, have some growing pains with this new coaching staff, but overall, I think Aaron Rodgers is uh, reaching his peak performance and, picking up his stride and calling the shots on
0: offense awesome awesome here um two teams that we briefly talked about already how about the la rams panic level to san francisco there they barely moved the ball um on offense jared goff didn't look too good um is there any reason for the rams to panic at all or is it just uh losing to a quality team
1: yeah, I think from a Rams standpoint, um, their losses have come with, you know, the 49ers, they've lost to the Bills, uh, but other than that, they've won their other matchups, so I think two losses, and their schedule actually gets a little bit easier, um, up and down really, I guess, because they do have the Bears um, this week, then they have the Dolphins, which is probably an easier matchup then they have to host the Seahawks, which will be a lot tougher. Right. Um, but I don't think they should panic. I think going into the game um, with their winning streak of the four and two is actually a pretty good, pretty good winning record. So um, I think they're, they're definitely going to be a playoff contender, Um, whether they lead or win in division. It's going to be determined by the games against the Seahawks and against the Niners again. Um, and we can't sleep on the Cardinals obviously as well. So um the NFC West is definitely the toughest division, right? I think it's going to be really, really hard <laughs> for any of the teams to be a definite winner and definitely pick, but, um, but everyone has a shot. So um, I, I wouldn't worry. I think it's one game. They still have really good defense. I think Jared Goff is looking a lot better this season than he has in the past. And then their receiving core has always been a pretty top level, um, top level there. So yeah, um, so yeah, I would rate them from a from a panic level is probably around a two as well. Okay. Um, they're still a winning team, so I don't think um, there's any real cause of concern at this point.
0: Okay, great. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, the NFC West is the toughest division in football, and uh, I think any given team out of that out of that division could beat one another. Um, so unfortunately, they came. The Rams they. Encountered a San Francisco team that was pretty angry from losing the week before um, here, and they just need to bounce back and they uh, and they just kind of you know need to get back to fundamentals and and you know rush the passer and and start moving the ball offensively. Um, next one is the New York Jets losing to the Dolphins here. Oh boy, <laughs> the, the Jets—they have not won a game. So what's the Jets panic level? um here I would say high
1: probably (laughs) a 10 it's been 10 for the whole season I think Adam Gase is just not the right coach for that team or any team at this matter (laughs) so at this point I think they're just trying to develop their players um I do um I do think that they have a chance to to go unfortunately winless this season (laughs) which definitely a panic level um I guess the good news is they'll be able to be able to define who their standing players are, the people that they want to keep going forward, and the ones that, um, that they'll probably have to rebuild and drop at that point, right? So the, I think with losses, they can learn a little bit um, along the way. Um fortunately for them, I think their schedule looks really tough coming up. I mean, they have the Bills this week, they have the Chiefs, they have the Patriots, then the Chargers, and then the Dolphins again, then the Raiders. It's it's not looking good for the next six games. It's gonna be a really uphill battle for them, and um I, I just can't see them beating any of these teams at this
0: point. <laughs> so Yeah. Um Yeah. Well fortunately easy. fortunately yeah. I think a lot of these um these teams, they they try to they they find some way to win like a game or two, out of the schedule um, here, and uh, fortunately for Jets fans, that means they get to secure like a number one pick, or so. So um, it's just it's just it's just very painful to see an x Forty Nine er like Frank Gore running for his life, you know, for for a very bad, um, for a very bad Jets team. But uh, you know, hopefully, he's just kind of showing a good example for the rest of the nfl yeah. that uh you know you can play you know more than 10 to 10 to 12 years still play hard and and be able to secure your place in the history of the game
1: yeah i agree right and losing Le'Veon bill obviously didn't help them but i think at that point they're probably throwing in the towel
0: <laughs> to me yeah. that's
1: a good sign of that and yeah frank gore is a future hall of famer and uh, his career has been really impressive and it kind of sucks to see him on a really bad team right now, but he's sticking with it. He's taking some yards and playing out there and going out hard every Sunday. So I'm really impressed with him. And I think some of the bright spots for um, the Jets is um, their receiving core is starting to um, become pretty decent, right? Like Bershard Perryman and Jameson Crowder are, are starting to look a lot better than before. Um, unfortunately, it's hard for them to get passes from Joe Flacco, and so hopefully Sam Darnold can come back and develop a little bit more, and it'll be interesting to see if um, the Jets make a move for Trevor Lawrence um, in the draft, or they stick with Sam Darnold and um, they try to fix up other pieces on that team, but um, there's definitely some bright spots. I think they're tied in. Uh, Chris Herndon's actually really good as well. Uh, he missed almost all season last season due to injury, um, but now that he's Back, he's been coming becoming a pretty good beast like a beast of a player and after six weeks he's been healthy so that's a really good spot for them and then on the defensive end I have Quinn Quin Williams was looking pretty good and and um, their secondary um, still needs a lot of improvement obviously but um but yeah the uh, guy like mark I believe Marcus may is one of the players there that looked pretty good uh, last week so there there's some bright spots some young players that that are on that team that um, definitely could shine going forward and definitely some keepers that they'll keep for next season and um, they'll definitely know where the holes are in the future so with those draft picks hopefully you can fill in some holes and and some of these other players are stepping up. They can move around some chess pieces there. Um, hopefully, I think they could get a better coach. I think that will improve them significantly. Um, but if they're going with the same coach and the same team, then at least there's some development in the system. And right. maybe you know, maybe next season it pays off, or maybe it doesn't. But either way, I think uh, I think uh, the Jets fans have to go through this process to get
0: there. Yeah. And, you know, every NFL franchise, they have several, you know, good players on their roster. And it usually how you how you turn it around is by accumulating talent. And that's usually done by acquiring um, draft picks and just loading up your roster in the draft and making quality draft choices. And I think that's kind of what the Jets will be looking forward to for the next few seasons. Um, let's talk about some um, NFL news this week. Uh, wide receiver Antonio Brown will be uh, eligible to come out of the suspension list. He's been out, uh, I believe. What is it like? F- is it going to be eight weeks or eight five weeks? weeks? Yep. Eight weeks. Eight so weeks, he's going to be yep. eligible to come out pretty soon. Here, uh, there's several teams interested in signing him. However, he's had some notable outbursts. Um, from last year with the Oakland Raiders, and he also signed with the New England Patriots, and I believe he only played like a game or two before they released him. Um, how how do you feel teams will approach signing Antonio Brown for the next couple think, weeks here, Jerry?
1: I think breaking down Antonio Brown is going to be two parts that you have to look at. This, I mean, the first part is obviously the talent level. He did Uh play one game for the New England Patriots and he looked really good. So from an NFL shape perspective, I think he's a guy that can get into NFL shape and be able to hit the field uh, running and learning the Patriots system is really tough, and he learned that the hard way. I believe one of the first practices they made him go home and study the playbook um, before coming back, but he was able to learn it and become very effective. So, whoever team signs him, I think the rumor is Seattle looked at him, he'll definitely be a good fit on that team. And I think he'll be an instant contributor, whatever team he goes from a talent level perspective. Um, The second viewpoint, on second perspective, we have to look at with Antonio Brown are those offseason issues, and I believe, you know, if he stays off of Twitter and social media, Mm -hmm. that'll help his chances, right? Right. I think if we if we see him in Week Eight, where he's eligible and he's not signed to a team and he starts tweeting out, uh, you know, random stuff, then he's definitely not going to be signed for the season. So that would be a good indicator of that, and. Um, some of his other off season issues, I think are hopefully resolved by now, and he just stays out of trouble and yeah, if he can do that, I think he'll be an effective player for any team, but it's just a big if at this point. I'm not sure what steps he's taking to to become, become that player that's reliable off this field and I think with COVID probably helps a little bit as well because he's gonna probably be more at home and more careful to not like go clubbing and things like that. It won't be a temptation, right? So it's it's I think from that standpoint, he's gonna be okay. It's just gonna be all these other legal issues that are still pending, I think um, we'll, we'll know what's gonna happen there but if the league already suspended him for eight games and he's served his time. Hopefully, he won't add anything new that comes up for that that area.
0: Yeah, so what, which, um, what one team would you uh, think would be the best fit for Antonio Brown? Like, honestly, I think any team would be a good fit for him <laughs> <laughs> because he's a number one piece
1: on any team, but I think <laughs> definitely the Seahawks look at him is a scary thought because they do have a lot of good players. They have GK Metcalf that's rising up there and, and, uh, And the receiving core of Tyler Lockett's always been a good piece. If they add Antonio Brown an effective one, then man, watch out. (laughs) That team is definitely going to be pretty stacked from a right receiver standpoint. And even the Niners I think would be a good fit for him, mainly because of the system. He's going to come in and instantly become that number one. I can see him being like Emmanuel Sanders coming in and being that veteran presence and being a guy who can click with um, Jimmy Garoppolo on day one. So if, if he comes here, I think we'll definitely benefit from it. So I think, I guess to revise my uh, thought on which teams, I think any winning team at this point, he would be a good fit. Right. And I think if it's a team like, like the Jets that we talked about, and probably not a good fit because he's probably going to get frustrated and, and probably not even want to sign with those teams, right? I think he wants to look at contenders at this point. He's late in his career, so he's gonna want to try go for all and win the Super Bowl with a with a big team. Um, I think even the Patriots. I know I don't know if they can get him back, but he would have been a great fit for the Patriots again um, with their receiving core banged up. They could really use a guy like Antonio Brown to uh, to up their up their game. So um, so we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting to see in the next um, two weeks how that develops. And I'm a little bit surprised his name got brought up. I know Adam Schefter is the one that tweeted out, so it's a, a pretty reliable source. Um, it was it was just wasn't a name that I expected to see on the headlines again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of flew under the radar for some reason um, this season. Um, here, but uh, he's definitely on. Um. And uh, yeah, we'll see what, where he's going to go. Um. The Seahawks are a good fit, but I believe the best fit for him will probably be the Green Bay Packers. Um. Just with that culture and playing with Aaron Rodgers and and uh, being surrounded by uh, that coaching staff, I think that would um, probably be the best fit for Antonio Brown. And and personally, I don't want to see him in the NFL and in, in the NFC West. With the Seahawks, so I'm gonna root for him to go to the Packers.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, um, how about switching to uh, Major League Baseball, uh, news? So, uh, the the end the, the League Championship Series has just completed. Um, and the Atlanta Blade, Braves had a three one lead um, against the Dodgers, and and the Dodgers came back to win that series in seven. Um, and also the Rays. Um, they beat the Houston Astros to uh, to win the pennant out of the American League. Here, um, the World Series, as we speak, is going on. Um, it's tied one to one, as each team has won one game apiece. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts about the World Series, Jerry? And who do you think is going to win it all?
1: Yeah, so I feel really bad for the Atlanta Braves. I mean, they were so close in clinching that series. They were up three one and just one win away, but With um, the LB and professional baseball, anything could happen. And the Dodgers definitely pulled it off. So I I commend the Dodgers and feel really bad for the Braves. The Braves' pitching staff just burnt out near the end with with a lack of rest and them stretching um, their bullpen a lot more than their starters. That that eventually caught up to them. And then Milky Betts is definitely playing a really good game right now, along with Bellinger, um, both on the offensive and defensive end. Um, so they've definitely stepped up in that series and clinched it for the Dodgers. So, so hats off to them. They're um, you know, Dodgers deserve to be there. And then same with the Rays. I, I think the Rays are definitely stepped it up and I'm glad they beat <laughs> Houston Astros. I think from, um, the league perspective, everyone, everyone was rooting against the Astros. Um, one, because they were the champions last year. So we don't want to see them repeat it. And the second is because of the whole cheating scandal and all that stuff. So, so definitely, um, definitely good to, in that front to see him go and a little bit sad for Dusty Baker. Like we talked about last week, um, you know, this, another year from, and hopefully he or comes back for the Houston Astros or, or um, or he goes and gets signed by another team. But I, th- I, I, my heart's out to him, and, and I think he did a phenomenal job to even get them into the pennant race. So, so good job for uh, Dusty Baker. But and as far as this series go, um, I did watch um, you know, first two games, and the first game with Kershaw pitching was kind of interesting. I think it was up 2-0, and Kershaw was feeling pretty good. Then he gave up that solo home run, and you can kind of mm-hmm. see in his face where. He's like thinking to himself, like, "Man, this is Kershaw meltdown again, all over again." And right. then, uh, he got like a pretty lucky out to end that inning, and then his team totally stepped it up and drove in a lot of runs in the, uh, on the bottom of that inning. So to to um, win that game for them, so he he looked really relieved. I think it was probably one of the best outings he ever had in our playoffs. And and so um, so they're they're a force to be reckoned with. I know they lost the last game, but. You know, if Kershaw's doing well for you <laughs> in the playoffs, uh, watch out, right? And like I said, Bellinger and and um, Bollinger and Betts are definitely looking really good. And they're not slowing down. A lot of the runs are, are coming from them. And and so um, from the Rays' perce- perspective, they have to get anyone else besides Kiermaier to, to step it up. I think the rest of the other team uh, – um, other people on their team are, are starting to become a little bit flat. Um, so they need to yeah, pick up their game and help help them out a little bit. I think um, from a stat line perspective, they're they're, um, they're not looking so good. I think the last game, they definitely stepped a lot more. But, but, yeah, I'll be looking there to see um, who from the Rays will be that consistent player outside Kevin Karimer. So um, what about you? Like, what are your thoughts on the game?
0: Yeah, so, like, how I see this World Series shaping – is both teams are vastly talented um, there, but the Dodgers and their depth and overall quality of their roster, I believe will propel them um, to win this World Series either in six or seven games um, here. And what's great about what the Dodgers are developing here as a franchise is that most of their, most of their talent has been homegrown. So they have Bellinger, they have Walker Bueller they have Jock Peterson, Clayton Kershaw, Seeger uh, Jansen. These are guys that are just homegrown. These are guys you didn't have to trade for. Um, just players that you just that any team would want here. An example with that would that be would, you know, a, a guy coming in into the team too would be Corey Seager. He had like five home runs and 11 RBIs as a shortstop in the NLCS. And I believe that's the most by a shortstop um, in, the, in the National League Championship Series here. So it's just it's just befuddling to kind of watch these games and just see how much talent the Dodgers have, as opposed to the rest of Major League Baseball. And I think the Rays they have just as much t- they have just as much talent, but I think the Dodgers have more than that. And one more thing to add is that I think Dave Roberts has definitely matured as a manager. Um, here, he did remove Bueller in Game Six of the NLCS after just six innings. And um, you know, I think maybe in another year he would have left him in there to try to you know kind of pull out of that jam, but he didn't. I think that's a level of maturity that Dave Roberts has has acted upon, and also just going with an opener too, and um, in one of those games and and going with like three relievers to end, I believe game seven um, there was uh, was pretty drastic, and I think it was pretty necessary and um, I think from past failures, Dave Roberts will be able to uh, to manage the rest of this World Series even better.
1: Yeah, I think you're totally right about the homegrown talent and and the team there. I think even the catcher Will Smith had a few, good moments in the series even the loss um uh, yesterday he he still had a hit and uh, was definitely stepping up and he had some clutch uh home run solo home, sh- home run shots at that one game in that brave series too so definitely homegrown talent and From a race perspective, um, it was good to see Brandon Lowe step up a little bit, um, getting two hits and three RBIs yesterday. Um, But we kind of have to see more consistency from him. On game one, he was nowhere to be found. I think he's one of the locker room Mm -hmm. leaders there. So, so we'll see. I think it'll be an interesting series. I still, um, in terms of prediction, I would say, yeah, definitely the Dodgers have an edge there um, from a talent level perspective and. And we'll see. I think it'll be a good series. As much as I don't want to root for the Dodgers, um, it's it's gonna be a tough one to see them lose. So it's uh, this will be interesting. I, I'm definitely rooting for the Rays, right? I want the Rays to be the be that team, the new team that comes in and wins the World Series. Uh, but but yeah, the Dodgers. We'll see. And I think for for me, it'll be interesting to see how this championship, no matter who wins how people perceive it given it's a shorter season and given that you know there are new challenges to face like I said without the rest in between um, definitely see a toll on some of the pitching staff and in the beginning of the season it took a while for a lot of the pitchers to warm up and get into their grooves. so there there's um, there's definitely a lot of new challenges this season but it's less games so I don't know if people are going to perceive this championship as less so than than normal years, right? So um, it'll be right. it'll be interesting to see how people interpret it. And also, depending on who wins, I think there's going to be different ways for people to look at it. So,
0: yeah, I agree with you there. Um... So let's conclude our episode here, talking about some uh, NFL picks. All right, Jerry, So who do you uh, who do you like? All right, uh, uh, for this uh, for this week. So as usual, our picks are for entertainment
1: purposes, and we're not responsible for any losses based on our picks. So last week I went two zero again, so pretty happy for myself so far in this podcast. I'm four <laughs> zero, so pretty happy. Um, so this week. Nice. I take uh, my picks are the Seahawks minus three at the Cardinals. So Seahawks are coming off a uh, bye week and they're road favorites and Cardinals are on a short week. So I definitely give the edge to the Seahawks there. I think they'll go in there um, and, and Russell Wilson will kind of play out of his mind there. I think uh, it will definitely be a tight match. So that minus three might be a little bit iffy. Uh, hopefully it drops down to two and a half. If it's two and a half, I would take it there. Um, that, that field goal, it could be a field goal game there. So it's, uh, it's definitely there, I think, uh, but I'd still give the edge to the Seahawks. Um, I think maybe they'll struggle early, but then come through at that. And then my second pick is on the Titans plus two against the Steelers. I was kind of going back and forth on this game, but the Steelers are really banged up. Um, they they lost uh, Bush, I believe, on their defensive side and and um, the Titans have been looking good the last few games. I know they barely squeaked out a win in the last game against the Texans, but um, this week, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with, and I'm not sure the Steelers have enough talent on the defense event to be able to, to make the stops, and Derrick Henry is definitely going to be a big factor. I know um, the Steelers have been pretty good at containing the run, um, so that's been their strength, but Derrick Henry is just another mm-hmm. beast, and there's going to, it's going to be one of the better uh, defenses that the Steelers have go- gone up against as well, so it's I will give the edge to um, the Titans there, I and mean, uh, if you look at the past matchups with um, the Steelers, they play the Browns, the Eagles, the Texans, and the Broncos. So um, those are not very good um, offenses outside the Browns. And I think um, the Titans will definitely be one of the better offenses they face, and definitely the best defense they face the last um, four games. So, so it'll be definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll give the edge definitely to the Titans at this point. And then they're they're also playing on the road. Um, so the Titans will will be able to have that comfort of not having to travel. (laughs) Um, So yeah, those are my picks. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. I think Tennessee will, will pull this one out there. They're a two-game, uh, two, uh, two-point underdog, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh,
1: home underdog is always a good thing. It's a lot of ways. Uh, and definitely for this team, right. I'm, I'm a little surprised they're an underdog because they have the winning record. Uh, I think the Steelers have been pretty dominant the last few games, but like I said, they they definitely have a weaker schedule than what the Titans have to face. So, um, but yeah, but yeah.
0: yeah, Um, my picks. Are, I like uh, Atlanta. I mean, I, the Lions at Atlanta, Atlanta is favored by three here. I actually like um, the Lions to pull through um, with this game. Did I say Atlanta? Wait, I think Atlanta is favored against the Lions. Yeah. So the Lions, I want the. I think the Lions will pull through uh, with this game um, here. And then uh, the 49ers at New England, New England's favored by four. And I think the the 49ers are going to build from their past momentum last week, and they are going to pull through against the Patriots and shock the world again. (laughs) I think I have to disagree with you again. (laughs) It's going to be a tough match at Fox World, but
1: yeah, the the spread's pretty close, actually. I think in some books it's actually a a minus one for uh, New England, and some books it's minus two and a half. So, So you definitely have a wide range of books that you can shop for there. Um, game that two and a half versus one, I think it's really gonna gonna be a close game. Um, so yeah, I, I would give the edge a little bit towards the Patriots mainly because it's a running QB with Cam. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked. Right. I guess at this point that I won't be as shocked as, as I was last week where um, the Niners pull it through. So it's uh, it's
0: definitely an interesting
1: uh, bet there. But yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes our episode uh for this week. This is episode three of the MJ Sportscast for Jerry Yang. I'm Mike Tang. We will uh see you next Take week. Care. Take see care. You.